Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. You're on Fiat Ministry Network. Great to be here. I have an amazing show this evening. And if you like theology of the body, this is the show for you because I have Carlos Salorzano and Angelica Delalana. Carlos is coming to us from Tucson, Arizona, and Angelica from Los Angeles. Welcome to Journeys in Faith. Thank you. Thank you for having Hi, us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I was really excited about this show because you were also a guest on my other show, my the podcast that I host with Bill Snyder on Patchwork Heart Ministry, Sowing Hope, where we learned about your life, faith, and mission. So it's great to be here at Fiat Ministry Network. So how are you both doing this evening? We're doing well. well. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's great because, you know, we're coming from different spots here, right? I'm in the Philadelphia area. Carlos is in Tucson and you are in Los Angeles. But we're here to talk about the wonderful work you're doing with HCD Talks. And that stands for Humanic Corpus Dignitate. And for people who are watching this show or listening on the podcast, it's at hcdtalks.com. It's there up on the screen for a second there. And uh, so why don't we start with you, Angelica? Uh, we always talk about the faith journey of our guests because, you know, the show is called <laughs> Journeys in Faith. So we would love to hear about your personal journey. Well, you know, I was born and raised Catholic. I was baptized as a baby. Actually, I just looked at my baptismal certificate. I wasn't even a month old um, when I was baptized. And I went to Catholic school, but it wasn't until I went through maybe the confirmation program that I, it kind of, it inspired me, especially um, that three-day retreat that we do for the year or two confirmandies. Um it was really life-changing and it really touched me and so once i became i got confirmed i actually became a catechist for a couple of years i left because i started nursing school um i am a nurse i've been a nurse for 12 12 years now um and um and then i went back to cat to teach catechism again confirmation then I left again because I had my babies, um, and my son actually was very small, like not even a year old when I um, when my second group of students got confirmed. And then it kind of, um, but that seed was always there, and it was always planted. And um, also in between that, um, you know, I just I wanted I felt like I wanted to do more with my faith, um, even with nursing, um, I loved it when patients would ask me, can you pray with me? Like there was always some sense that I was able to do more and really take care of them spiritually. Um, and not just, 
and not just physically, like with their health and things like that. Because as a nurse, you're supposed to take care of them holistically, right? We we take care of them physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So it was always wonderful when patients would ask me to pray with them. So I knew I wanted to do more. Um, and then Carlos actually would call me every now and then because he would um, he was studying theology of the body and he wanted to incorporate physiological um, aspects and facts into his teaching to kind of give it more of a, a scientific backbone like you know a, we're tangible creatures and we want to be able to see it and feel it and hear it and so um, he wanted to bring that into the the teachings he was doing and so it kind of that also helped plant the seed of okay this is in, an interesting collaboration it's not something that you think of usually people think science and religion are completely separate entities and in in many ways they are but in many ways they can support each other um and so he because of that collaboration and he and I would go back and forth, he would ask me the physiology. And when I taught catechism, he I would ask him about the theology. And then, um, you know, I think Lent two years ago, I was doing Stations of the Cross and I remember vividly, I started to cry because God said, okay, you need to come back um, and teach. And then um, I, I remember calling Carlos after that. I said, you know, I feel this. I feel like I need to go back. And literally within less than a week, um, the director for the confirmation, um, actually, so I picked up my son from church camp. Um, he was doing their day camp. And a friend of mine who knew I was a catechist before asked me, are you coming back? And so, and then the director happened to be there and he's like, yeah, can you come back? And so, I said, okay, God planted that already. I felt it. I think it's time to go back. So I went back into teaching catechism. And through all of that, because of the catechism and then starting this ministry, it really actually boosted my um, seeking out my faith. And so, and really trying to do more and live more of my faith, not um, much more than before. And so, now we are here and um you know i feel more a lot more spiritual even through this pandemic um and so that's my journey with doing both nursing and catechism yeah it's really an incredible journey that you've had i know we've talked before about it and I just want to read something that's on your website, which I think explains a lot to our viewers. It says that we are a theologian and a family nurse practitioner who work together to emphasize the beauty and value of God's creation through medical and scientific evidence of his loving mercy in the human person while addressing the topics difficult to discuss. So uh, there it is, your website there, speaking on the faith and dignity of the human person. And I can't think of a time more than right at this moment in time that we need what you are both doing. So thanks for sharing your journey. Now I'd love to hear, we would love to hear Carlos's journey too. Well, like with, with her, um, I was born and raised in a Catholic family. Um, I did not attend Catholic school until high school, but my parents were both devout Catholics. My father was actually a catechist. He was also a language teacher. So um, 
I would say the root of my interest in theology was my father had a gift for breaking it down in a very simple way, but my mother did a wonderful job um, getting to the heart of the gospel. My parents certainly had a sense of right and wrong. Like there, there is sin, there is, you know, grace, there is good, there is evil. But my mother would, every time he would talk about sin or doing something wrong, my mother always made a point to, to tell me that, but if you ask God to forgive you, he will. So that, that idea of mercy was there. Ironically, my, my ambition in life is, is, was music. I, I was, I've been a drummer since I was nine years old, formerly beating on the pots and pans way before that. And then when I got to high school and college, I started becoming interested in, in writing music. So I did study music for a number of years. And it was a little scary socially because I started playing clubs when I was 18. But one of the funny things about college for me, and I really find this funny, was I kept meeting people that were older than me, and so many of them had just gotten out of rehab. So they're like committed to staying clean. So, um, you know, some of them were going through AA and all that. So there is that belief in the higher power. So that root of my faith was always there, but they would want to talk about God. And then in college, you meet a lot of different people. So I was coming across a lot of non-Catholic Christians and they were friends of mine, but we would have theological talks. And a lot of times they started to challenge our faith. And there were times I didn't know the answer, but I felt like it was true. So I started, my father helped me get some resources, some books to read at the time to explain the faith. And, it, and I, this hunger came. So I remember by the time I transferred to university, because I started first getting an associate's degree in music in a community college level, I, after about a year of musical studies, I'd had it. I was just, I just wasn't interested in doing, I mean, I still have done music all these years, but I just wasn't interested in the whole classical thing. And I, I ended up, changing my major to religious studies and mm -hmm. did it without really making any plans. And then I remember one of my professors, I, I, um, I was talking to him about my future. He says, well, you could be a teacher. And I just kind of did it because it seemed like a good idea. It took me a, well, I mean, I don't, some teachers will admit that you never really figure it out, but the first few years were challenging, but I, um, you know, eventually started to, you know, I really began to love sharing the faith with my students. And it's interesting because I loved studying scripture and I loved um, teaching scripture. I, I absolutely loved, you know, the whole Old Testament class and the New Testament class. And then the bishops changed the curriculum, which I wasn't crazy about. And then I started teaching morality. And then, you know, it was fine. And then about, it was in 2010, actually, uh, March of 2010, my employer at the time, um, sent me to the Theology of the Body Institute. And that was, <laughs> I did the whole, you know, eight courses and certification process, but that first class with Christopher West was, it rocked me to my core. I mean, it was like an intense graduate level class as well as the most pastoral retreat you could ever get on. I don't think I ever cried so hard in my life but the beautiful thing about it was it was really just feeling my affirmation as a human being and then hearing my classmates sharing their struggles. And we were in this environment that I call the safest place I've ever been in my life because 
everyone just loved each other. I mean, it was almost like getting a glimpse of that first Christian church where they lived together and they shared everything together. I mean, obviously the level of love and trust that they must have had was was amazing. And then beyond that, when Christopher, you know, charged us to go out and share what we've learned and to continue to share what we've learned in later courses, I've seen um, the impact it's had on my students. Um, I've seen the impact it's had. I, I did some talks before we began this ministry and, and some of them went really well. It just, things didn't really go the way I hoped. And I, I know it was because I was meant to be in this ministry, but um, I could see the impact it had on adults that I spoke with as well. So it was really, and it was, it was just an honor to be the person to share the wisdom of our Holy Father. And, and I tell you this, this is something I, I, I said at my graduation from the Institute. Um, I share the birth date, not the birth year, of course, but the same birth date as our Holy Father. Uh, Pope John Paul II. My, in fact, when I, he was first elected Pope, my mother made me write him a letter. I think I was seven or eight years old, and he wrote back. So that was he wrote my mother back. still has he the letter. He wrote back. My mother has the letter, and it was it was amazing. And then um, what was funny was the year that he canonized Juan Diego, I actually made a CD, my own CD, and at the last second, I, I was so moved by that because I mean I'm watching him get off the plane, and he's in Mexico, and I'm watching, you know, my compadres, you know, celebrating him. So at the last second, I thought he'll never see this, but why not? I I wrote a thank you to him in the CD liner notes. My mother, you know, because your mom's proud of you, so she insisted on buying like 10 CDs for me. I'm like, Mom, I'll just give them to you. And she insisted. But she didn't tell me was um, she knew a priest that was going to Rome. And she calls me one day. She goes, you need to come over. You, you have some mail. And I go, Mom, I haven't lived there in years. I mean, I, I'm on my own. You know, she goes, I go, what is it, like a flyer or something? I said, just throw it away. She goes, you need to come over. And I'm like, well, who's it from? She goes, you have a letter from the Vatican. And I was like, so I go over and I got a letter that gave me um, a thank you from the Pope from the CD. Um, he sent an apostolic blessing, and then I, I, I still have it with me. Uh, it was a rose petal rosary that, as a gift. And it was beautiful because um, it was just that little calling he had to be not afraid to follow Christ. And I was going through kind of a tough time in my life at that point, so it was very moving. And then, of course, Pete, my mother pointed this out one day. My name is Carlos. Well, his name is Carol. It, we have the same first name. Just wow. Spanish and Polish. Wow. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's sort of, it shakes me up because I'm like, okay, there's a task to this. But, you know, it's one of those things that it, it just, it when you think about it, it just makes you really happy. Well, I can't stop smiling. Well, I can't stop smiling. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> me, me too. It's <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. good. Well, thank you for sharing to both of you for your faith stories because I think that's where it all begins within our own hearts and how God works in our lives at a young age as we're growing up and and how you're maturing and how God is continuing to speak to you and how uh, he shows you what direction you're going to go in. And obviously with what, the, what Carlos just said about uh, the letter that you got back from Pope John Paul II 
and the faith that both of you had as, as a young person and how that developed into this mission. Uh, I wondered if you could share about how did the two of you come to collaborate on this wonderful uh, ministry that you're doing, HCD Talks? Well, um, if you know, when you go to church and, and you meet people through your diocese, and then you kind of run into each other here, here, and here. And then after a while, you forget like where the defining moment were. And so I, I'm from Carson, California. So I'm from where she lives. So that's how we met was we were from the same hometown. And, uh, you know, we were involved with different church things, including musical things, because she, she actually loves to sing. And, and you know, she you know, loves the faith-based songs as well. And um, really what's, what's interesting was, um, you know, she had mentioned a moment ago about, you know, she, we would call each other for different things. And she had talked to me a little bit about, um, it was interesting because um, she was in her, her NP school, so for her master's degree. So she was writing these papers. And since she was going to APU, it's a Christian college, the, the papers had to have a, a faith-based aspect to each one. So at that point, she would sometimes send me little manuscripts of what she wrote and said, well, can you give me feedback on this? Or she'd say, well, can you give me some, maybe some Bible quotes or whatever? And I said, sure. So she was sharing me some things that she was, you know, that where she saw God in, in the human body, just as a, as a, you know, medical professional. And so I remember saying, it's funny you say that, because that's when I was just starting to study theology of the body. And she, you know, she knew my interest in scripture and all that too. So she was like, oh, you're doing that too. I said, yeah, it wasn't, it's a long story. I, I, you know, that I, I wasn't, that wasn't my plan, but <laughs> what happened? And so when she was winding down her graduate studies, she said, I, you know, I, I love, I love my job. I love my profession, but she goes, but I don't want to just do that. And I think she was the one that said to me, um, why don't we do something together? And it was, uh, and, and I like the idea because the, the funny thing about us is we're very similar in like the way we think and like there, we have different, I'd say favorites. Like if we, like we both love music, like we may have a different favorite group, but when we talk about how much we love that group's music, it's like hearing myself talk. And for her, it's the same. So when we bounce ideas off each other, it goes really quick. It's kind of funny, scary, and bizarre. So I thought it was well, just just an ahead, example ahead, of that. We had, done a, we had actually done a presentation and um, we were going through the slides for the presentation. And I said he he mentioned something on one slide and I said, oh, you should talk about this. And he said, look at the next slide. And it was almost word for word what I had just said. So the amazing thing is with our ministry is that we are very much on the same page and being able to work with somebody who has the same ideals as you is amazing. But the good thing is, is that we also have different strengths and we're able to put both those strengths together in order to really get this ministry going. So, you know, he's, we have a lot of the same ideas as far as our faith goes and our insights. And, but um, as far as like the actual physical tasks, you know, we also have different, um, I'm more of the techie person. And so I do a lot of the background technological stuff. And then he does the networking and the outreaching, which he got through his 
his music background. So a lot of our backgrounds actually um, really helped this ministry get going. So. I think it's a real demonstration of how the Holy Spirit works. And I'm just in awe listening to this because how he used both of your gifts and put you in the right place at the right time. And then the development of HCD Talks. And I, I want to invite people, if they're watching right now, to go to hcdtalks.com and look at this website. It's just incredible. And the whole idea is uh, the value of God's creation through medical and scientific evidence of his loving mercy in the human person. And when I say that, that's just part of that initial about us. You're combining that whole idea of the beauty of God's creation and also the medical and scientific evidence. So can we talk a little bit about that? Um, well, I think what's interesting was one, one of the things that attracted me to Theology of the Body was um, when I did my collegiate studies, I, I did it at Cal State Long Beach. So my bachelor's and master's was at a secular school. So I may not have gotten the spiritual formation that some people would want, but you know, the secular approach is very data-driven and you know my professors were really into that and and they were actually you know allowing us to think freely as well so like as long as you're giving us the data and you're interpreting it so be it but as long as i see the source of what you're doing so when i was studying theology of the body you know all the teachers i had at the institute were phenomenal and some of them of course had a scientific background and so whether it was them or whether it was the theologians who were employing all the disciplines, because I believe it was St. Augustine who said, if it's in the Bible, study it. So, you know, language, geography, astronomy, I mean, I mean it's all in the Bible. I mean, the existence, creation is in the Bible. So um, I always made the effort to try to, because knowing my students too, who would, you know, some of them are very science driven or whatever, you know, like when I talk to them about, say, Christ's crucifixion and like for example I think it was about six years ago when geologists said there was an earthquake when it happened and they dated it and it they've studying the ground there was an earthquake so this isn't the Bible being you know very dramatic with the literature there was an earthquake and no one disputes that now so I'm sitting there saying that is that reinforces my faith that something happened or, you know, learning about the bleeding Eucharist and, you know, what the results of these tests were. These are, you know, these are scientific tests. So, um, and as a kid, I, I know this really annoyed my parents like crazy. I was always that why kid, you know, asking <laughs> questions. I mean, I wasn't hostile, but it's like, well, hold on. You're telling me this. Well, how do you know that? And so I, I that, well, she's like that too. But it's, just, but um, so that, you know, and I, and I have unfortunately encountered other theology teachers who they'd rather read the catechism to the kids and say, well, this is the truth, which I'm not saying it's not, but this is the Google age now. The kids are just going to whip out their phone and they're going to look for an opposing view and they're going to throw it back at you and say, okay, now give me an argument against that. And if all you're going to teach them is, well, this is what the teaching is, it's, it's right, but why? No, uh, you well, made a good now, point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, I, I'm a why person as well. I just wanted to make that comment too. And for those people who do kind of question, and even for somebody watching, I think it's good to hear that. Angelica? So, I'm, you know, kind of um, reiterating Carlos's point, a lot of times now the kids, you know, I teach the catechism students who go to public school. 
right? He he teaches at a Catholic school. So a lot of times those kids are probably already brought up in the faith. Most of them have had it since first grade. My catechism students, ma the majority of them don't even know how to pray the Our Father. Um, and it, it's having to teach them because they're not, they're not, um, they haven't been brought up in it. And so they are very much likely, you're talking about them being brought up in a secular world, bringing them into what they would call church school, and then basically telling them, no, what you're seeing is not the correct way that God wants you to behave. So now they're asking why. And you have to make it relevant to them and how does it affect you? And just as an example, one of the talks that I gave to my students, and this is from personal experience because I was bullied all through elementary school. So I actually, um, I actually talked to them about bullying, but I didn't just come at them with, don't do it, it's wrong. I actually came out with that came at them with hard data of the mental health effects and how like the percentages and the numbers of kids being affected and the long-term effects that it has um, causing depression and su and suicidal ideation. And one of them came, came back to me and he said, everyone tells us don't do it. You told us why. So it's giving giving that why, giving them, hey, this is why God doesn't want you. Somebody had, some, a, a mutual friend of ours put it right when she said, God is not trying to restrict you. He's trying to prevent you from getting hurt. So I said, that's a good way to put it. And, um, you know, because a lot of times all these sins are either a result of pain or can cause more pain. And so it was... Um, it, we're trying to let everyone see that you don't have to go down this road, that you are worth something, and this is why. This is why God wants you to behave a certain way. Explained so well. Thank you. And it, to me, it sounds like you're almost combining really good catechesis and theology with the empathy, the sympathy, the uh, the, the social justice, we'll say, of the church, right? I mean, because that's where it all comes together when you recognize the beauty of all that we've been given in the church, but also the, the mercy part of it and, and trying to answer those whys that so many people have about why do good things or bad things happen to good people, those kinds of questions. So uh, thank you. So far, we're, we're halfway through the show. Uh, we do have to take a short break. So we will be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at eight o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us with our spiritual moderator, 
all you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my family. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. So we are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for. Through the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you gonna participate in? Are you gonna participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not. Hello, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. 
And I have amazing guests, as I told you at the beginning of the first half of the show. I have Carlos Solorzano and Angelica Delano. Carlos is coming to us from close to Tucson, Arizona, and Angelica from Los Angeles. And here I'm in Philadelphia, so we're all over the place this evening. <laughs> and it's great to be here. Um, so going back to what we were talking about, about the beginning of how HCD Talks came into existence. I thought that was a really interesting story, how God brought the two of you together. And tell us more then about the journey since you have started this ministry and what you are teaching to people, specifically younger people. I know that that's very important to both of you. Um, well, I want to talk about the journey. So the, the journey <laughs> last year was a difficult. <laughs> we were actually um God really challenged everybody uh for the for the last year almost a year now um we had gone to the religious education congress in um Los Angeles actually in Anaheim so Orange County um it's a large conference with like 10,000 people but at that time covid was starting to come up um, a month, less than a month later, we were slated to do three talks. Um, one was supposed to be a one-day retreat, and then there was a talk um, for my confirmation students, and then I was also supposed to do a talk for my sons, um, the middle school uh, girls for my son's um, elementary school. And then that week was when everything shut down. So we went from having all of these talks and looking forward to these talks and actually so much on my feet is coming up of the times we were planning the talks and status, updating our status on Facebook, all those memories, and then COVID hit us. And I have to say it was a journey faith-wise too because it was one of those where everything seemed like it was in your grasp and then it was pulled, just yanked away. And so, um, but through that, we discovered once we let go, let God through prayer, um, through a moment of grieving, I guess you could say, because we both kind of um, had to step back for a couple of months and just kind of, you know, bring ourselves, like recenter ourselves um, and say, you know, we need to find some other way to reach people. Um, and so we started trying to network more. And so we ended up getting in touch with some people. We put out, we actually finally, after a few, a couple years talk, um, decided to republish some of um, Carlos's written work that are faith-based. Um, through a um, a production company that, and so we're the ones that are pub editing and publishing the work, um, self-publishing. Um, you can find them on Amazon. Uh, the links are actually on the website if you'd want to check them out. Um, and then we also, I started making rosaries. And then, um, so I have my rosary etsy shop the link is also on the website so everything is there centrally for you if you'd like to check any of them out i do make custom rosaries as well um, on the very bottom of the website and then i also um and then so we also started you know doing more blogs we started writing more um, we actually have a theology of the body based story that is in the works right now um, and we also started 
studying more in our faith. And so um, through prayer and through the grace of God, um, Carlos is actually approved to be joined on the Catholic Speakers Net, um, Network um, website. And he has his profile there and he's been, he actually, today's the very last day actually of the Living Pro-Life Conference, which he did a talk for. Um, you can access those. I don't know if you can still access them now, but that was a week-long conference starting last week for um, the to kind of, to coincide with the pro-life um, week. And then he also has another talk coming up next month. And we've been doing your podcasts, Anne, and we actually had another podcast done last week. And then we're also we're also going to be doing. Um, another project with you, um, which is the Catholic Dating Conference next month. So we're very excited for all of these um, projects coming up and being able to speak to people about their worth and their dignity um, through different means and different subjects. So, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And again, I just ask people to check out your website. I uh, just want to talk a little bit about what you talked about, the Catholic Dating Conference. So if, if young adult Catholics are watching, it's a perfect conference for them. They would just need to go to smartcatholics.com to events. And the foundation that I represent, which is the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith, we are sponsoring that conference. And the two of you will also be a part of it, along with some other wonderful Catholic speakers. It won't just be for young adult Catholics. This is also one for married couples because it is on Valentine's weekend, uh, February 13th and 14th. We also have great priests that are going to be a part of it and giving some talks on the sacrament of holy matrimony. So it'll be wonderful to have you there. And, and I just invite everyone to either go to our website for the foundation, which uh, Kent our producer just put on the screen. That's the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation at nonatus.org. Uh, or you can simply also go to smartcatholics.com to the events and sign up. Be a part of the Catholic Dating Conference, especially, as I said, young adult Catholics that really be a, a perfect conference for them. So thanks so much. Doing some amazing things. I uh, wondered if we could talk a little bit again about the importance of theology of the body. There's some people that don't know as much as they should because it's a, a beautiful uh, document that was written, a book that was written, um, a whole theology by Pope John Paul II. So tell us more about that for people who don't know too much. Well, it's, it was a series of talks and it was all compiled mm -hmm. into a really big book. So. Um, I guess the best way to describe it in a nutshell is how does the human body reveal God? And um, it's interesting because I, you know, Christopher West just posted a, a beautiful video. It's actually, if you go to our Facebook page, um, I shared it, I think it was yesterday, it gives like a little eight minute summary. And it really talks about why we were created, you know, why God reveals himself through us. And of course, other parts of creation because God is a pure spirit. Therefore, you won't see God, but God will manifest um, himself in different ways to us. But aside from that, there, there is, a, I think the beauty that we try to emphasize in our talks is 
that there is a genius in our masculinity and femininity, that everything about us is good because, um, you know, Genesis actually talks about, you know, God created this, this, and this, and it was good. If I'm not mistaken, it's chapter 1, verse 31, where that's the section where they say he looked at everything he created and it was good after he created humanity. So there's a lot of different philosophies and other ideas out there that kind of look at human beings as being this invasive species on the planet. And no, we're not. The Pope also emphasizes that, because, you know, Angelica brought up sin earlier, the fact that, you know, yes, you look at sin and we see how, how it can be damaging and destructive, but then we talk about why we sin. And since there is some form of suffering in that, it can really recenter us in looking at ourselves and other people to realize that in most cases we're trying to medicate some form of pain. And of course, because of guilt, you know, Jesus, you know, I, I, one of the things I always tell my students is Jesus, yeah, he accepted everyone and he loved everyone, but he didn't condone sin. But that's also why he said, go and sin no more. But he was able to get their attention because he treated them like a person worthy of being loved. So it really allows us to recenter ourselves and to more or less um, not be ashamed of who we are. You know, but because you know, a lot of times, you know, and I know body image becomes an issue for men too. You know, the how tall we are. I mean, I'm I'm not very tall, and I I remember telling my students it it wasn't till I, I think I was 30, and I kind of sat there one day and thought, okay, well, hold on a second. Okay, I'm not that tall. I mean, I'm not so short either. But I I mean, I haven't committed a crime. You know, what what is? Okay, so I'm not seven feet tall. I'm, All right, fine didn't play basketball for a living. Fine. Okay. But to look at the things, the gifts that we have, the charisms that we have and say, okay, first of all, accept that it's good. And, and also sometimes we look at certain things that, and this was the part that really got to me because I love music and I love art is, you know, the, the theology of the body shows us that you can look at the most non-religious form of art. And if you look, carefully like try to not don't just glare at what it is and try to pick it apart and find what you don't like try to find the person's feeling and their heart in there and if you look carefully like you can take a song that has a lot of really questionable lyrics and it's almost guaranteed there'll be a line or two where if you look carefully that person is actually crying out for authentic love mm -hmm. so and the art is that medium where People are willing to be really honest. In some ways, it's like going back into the Genesis language saying they're willing to get naked in front of their... I mean, and I've always respected that because, you know, I think of songs that you know, a songwriter will say, look, I wrote this about this difficult time in my life. And then you have this young person in the audience who that that may save their life because they realize I'm not alone in, in, in this experience. This person went up there and they shared that. And it, it can be a form of suffering, but it can also be a form of love. Like think of your favorite love songs. You know, somebody, something inspired that song. And, and I've, I've heard of, you know, of course, many love songs where someone says, I wrote this for my spouse. I wrote this for my child. And there's one particular song um, that, that I think of where the songwriter said, actually, I was at a hotel and I was looking into the lobby and I, there was a wedding going on. And in my eyes, the couple looked beautiful together. I never spoke to them. They don't know me. I don't know them. But they, to this day, they don't know. They inspired this song that I wrote. It was a hit song. Global hit. 
Wow, what a story. And and thank you for sharing because theology of the body is something that can enrich all of us. It doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're young, mm -hmm. uh, a, a young adult, a, a middle adult, or a senior, right? There's something to be learned there for all of us. I wondered if you could share for somebody who's watching and thinking, I do want to learn more. What resources could you point them to, whether they're on your own website or someplace else? Well, um, my first, because I, I think theology of the body, it's, I'm going to go back to my California roots. You go to the beach, and you put your feet in the water, and you slowly walk out, and, you know, it's up to your ankles, it's up to your knees, and then you're way out there with the, the big fish. Um, my journey was interesting because um, it started because I, a co-worker of mine had gone to the Institute, and she loved it. So she, Christopher West has a book. It's called the Theology of the Body for Beginners. It's very simple in its language. I mean, to be honest, some people might even accuse it of being a little corny, but I, I think corny is actually kind of cool because like when you think of going to church and something's kind of corny, how do people react? They laugh and they smile. It, it's joy filled. And, you know, I sent Angelica a copy and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there curious how she was going to react to it because Christopher does get somewhat physiological and here's this, you know, nurse practitioner and she was screenshotting little sections she wrote and she was sending them to me like this paragraph was beautiful. This paragraph was amazing. This paragraph made me cry. And I'm thinking been there. I know. So it's kind of a nice start. It's easy to read. You'll get through it really fast. But then there's a lot of different um, references, you know, from the Institute as far as videos. Um, the Pope's language is, can be a, very dense. So Christopher has written other books where he kind of breaks down specific teachings in a simple way. But then, you know, our ministry, you know, from blogs to some of our t videos from our previous talks, we also have, you know, some resources people can look at. And... Um, I know there's people like um, Dr. Edward Shree and, and other people who also, you know, and I think a lot of it too would be check out different teachers because it's just, there's going to be that one teacher that you, that you, you know, they catch you, they, you know, you resonate with them. So, you know, if you catch, if there's a book or an article or a um, specific, you know, teacher that you start with and it doesn't grab you right away, don't give up. And also, you know, on, on our website, you see our email, hcdtalks at gmail.com. Feel free to drop us an email and I'll be happy, you know, we'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. Um, we're also available for talks. I mean, we, we've done lots of Zoom talks. In fact, I, you know, she's doing that with her confirmation kids. I'm doing that with my students every day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, she'll be like, and she'll, she'll say, hey, why don't you come jump in on my class this week? Sure. I mean, so we... We, we, you know, if, if you'd like for us to do a talk, we can do that. We'd be happy to. We'd love to talk with people and share what we've learned from all this. And I, it's funny because I really enjoy presenting with her because um, I, I was always confident in, in what I would present with the non-theological sources because I, I trust the people I would work with. But she does a phenomenal job presenting not just the, the statistics and the data, but really giving it a human touch i mean she's a mom so she's got that mama touch with it too so and it's very pastoral so i i like the i like the dynamic that we can offer with the you know we're male female but we're also both parents and we both have kids that are 
unique and challenging. So we've had to learn to be patient and, you know, talk to them and talk to other people's children and same thing. So, you know, it's something that I, and we love doing it because we just love to, to meet with people. That's one thing I know we miss a lot is the in-person, but we've learned to adjust to the, the reality of Zoom. That's right. And I think you've done a great job. And I definitely want to make a shout out to people who are watching who are in diocese, archdiocese, because Carlos and Angelica, uh, they're really offering a very personalized uh, ministry. And I know that you're, you're very accessible. And a lot of times when ministries get so big that, you know, very rarely will you get in touch with the founders. But I know that with you, you're just an email away for someone who might have questions or want to schedule something, you know, and that's the beauty of, of the, as you said, Zoom or the interactive platforms that although the pandemic was so hard for many of us this past year, the beauty is now that we have learned to adapt, haven't we? And now we can yes, come yes. together from places like Tucson, Arizona and Los Angeles and Philadelphia and our producer in Ohio here uh, and come together and and reach even more people. So I think that's an incredible thing. I, I really would like to Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think one of the beauties and um, one of the challenges and the beauties of this pandemic is realizing how disconnected we'd become as a society once we were not able to connect in the ways that we would have liked. Um, you know, with technology, it, it, it has, it's a dual thing because people, I remember, I teach nursing students as well um, through Azusa Pacific University. And they, um, you know, my first semester students don't know how to speak to their patients. Um, so I think we need to learn, relearn how to um, reconnect. And I think that's also something that ended up happening with the pandemic, not being able to go to church and needing God. Um, I remember the first month not being able to receive the Eucharist and it wasn't by choice, it was by force. That inability to actually got me very um, sad and made me cry. Um, and so I had to develop my own way of finding Jesus and God spiritually. And it actually, because I had to put more effort into it, it somehow ended up, um, made me, it made me become more spiritual. Um, but we do have to seek it. And it, it made me realize how much we really have to seek our faith. It's not just enough to, I think on the video, um, on one of the, on the break, um, there was somebody that said, I realized all I did was memorize basically the catechism. You can spread out all the facts you want, all the catechism you want, but how much are you really living it and how much are you actually really believing it and feeling it in your heart? And so that's what it really, the pandemic really pushed me to do was to really feel that because I had to seek it out myself. Um, so, you know, and it, it's hard for some people um, there are barriers to overcome, but you just have to find what works for you, what form of prayer works for you. Um, uh, you know, I started a prayer diary where instead of writing Dear Diary, it's Dear God, um, just so that all my thoughts are actually more in prayer rather than me just writing down memories. Um, it serves a greater purpose than just me logging things down. Um, 
the other thing that we do, Carlos and I do daily, is pray the rosary um, and really reflect on the mysteries. Um, and then, um, you know, there's other forms of prayer out there, prayer books that might help you if you're not really sure how to pray. Um, and when I read scripture, I really try to find a way that it pertains to my life in that moment. And I actually have found that every time I've read scripture, there is at least one line that is so relevant to not just my life in general, but what I am going through in that moment. And it's like, okay, God, I guess you're, you're speaking to me now. And so we just really have to listen for that voice. Amen. Thank you for bringing up prayer. It's such an important part of all that we do as Catholics and Christians and, and keeping our relationship with God as the most important thing. And I love how that you combine really good theology and teaching and catechesis with that prayer and with that uh, outreach that you're doing to people and especially younger people too. So thank you for doing excellent work. I'd love to have you come back again because I think we have a lot more to talk about. Sure, and, we'd love to. Uh, and if you could just tell our viewers again uh, how they can reach out to you. I know that you're offering not only in-person talks, uh, events and that you can do, especially once we get back to normal, the in-person, right? Uh, when I say normal, I mean after the pandemic is over. But for now, I know that you are doing those, uh, something like this, you know, you're, you are doing the, the Zoom event. So tell us more about that and how they can connect with you. Um, so we actually have done pre-recorded um, presentations for classes. Um, some teachers, some theology teachers have asked us to create a presentation based on a topic. Everything that we do is um, customized and, and so that it's relevant to the population that we are speaking to. Um, so just, you know, if you see a topic that might interest you or if there's an idea for another topic that might go along with what we do, um, definitely reach out to us. You can see, uh, have all our um, information on hcdtalks.com or email us at hcdtalks at gmail.com. And um, as you've seen, Anna, get, we get back to you pretty quickly. Um, we do. Both of us monitoring that email address so you know if one doesn't see it usually the other one does um, and both of us will respond at some point um, within 24 hours usually um, uh, and if there's any uh, they have any questions even on what we talked about today like theology of the body you want references and resources we can definitely reach out to you on those thank you and Carlos uh, she covered it. <laughs> we were on social media as well. We have a Facebook, Twitter. Um, we, we're probably more active on Facebook. We'll be posting a lot of different things. That um, that one, we focus a lot on some of the things that we cover. We sort of have a sister page called Catholic Truth and Devotion page that we will just post every little Catholic thing you could think of on there from uh, recent news to just real beautiful memes that tell stories you know, um, identifying feast days for saints, you know, just little things that, that just kind of keep us all going in on with our faith journey every day. Just uh, to reiterate, that second page actually is a Facebook group. So it's more of a community. Um, that's where people can post and reach out. Um, we also have um, on Instagram and all of our, all of 
our social media handles are the same. It's at hcdtalks. At HCD Talks, so it just makes it easy all across the board. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same. Thank you again to both of you, Angelica and Carlos. It's been such my honor to host you on Journeys in Faith. And I also would like to invite uh, people who are watching to go after the show is over. Um, later on, there will be a show on Patreon.com on the Patchwork Heart Ministry page there. It's a, it's a program called Discover Your Mission, and the show is called Five Minutes of Faith. So look for that show where Carlos and Angelica will talk about three ways to grow in your prayer life. So again, Carlos and Angelica, come back again. And everyone, we will see you here next week on Journeys in Faith. Thank you. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.